On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to sit down with Michael Irasso from Gather. What an awesome conversation we had. We dug into something that I don't think we've ever talked about on this podcast before. We talked about connected TV. We talked about how Michael is actually able to track via a third-party app, which you will find out about in the episode, uh, how you're able to actually track the return on ad spend via IP addresses. Really cool new type of uh, advertising, something I've heard about for a while and interested that we can actually start to track it. I'd love to try it out for prospecting as well. You guys are going to love this episode. Tons in here. Hey guys, before we begin, I want to talk to you about how to grow your e-commerce brand in a post iOS 14.5 world. If you're doing over seven figures in D to C, you need to hear this. Back when Facebook ads were absolutely crushing it and driving massive amounts of revenue, setting up basic flows and sending out occasional email campaigns used to cut it, SMS marketing included. You'd see it constantly and so would we when we were looking at accounts at Mindful Marketing. Brands earning 20 to 45% of their total revenue with email marketing with maybe three to four hours of work a month and that's because they just set up some basic flows and then silence but now that the facebook algorithm has stopped spitting out such ridiculous returns where do we go retention but it requires marketers to go deeper than simple templated flows and copy and pasted campaigns which we've seen all the time it requires actually having a system that increases the ltv of your customers and then actually realizing that entire customer lifetime value in a shorter period of time and hopefully even searing a higher LTV. We're saddened to see brands do all the same things with their emails and SMS, and we're sick of auditing agency accounts who simply set up welcome flows and show off how many sales they make. Anyone can set up a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, etc. That is the simple stuff, guys. The real key in retention marketing is digging deep into your market, copy, offer, your creative, and then pairing that with a strategy that turns one-time buyers into two-time buyers, into three-time buyers, and on and on, just like we've seen at our brands. So if you want to find out exactly how deep our retention marketing strategy goes, book a quick wins call with our team and we will show you exactly how we drive more repeat sales for our clients and hopefully how you can too. Go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quickwins. That's mindfulmarketing.co slash quickwins, all one word. Now on to today's episode. When you look at your Google Analytics account, how much of your traffic is direct? How about organic? Is it 10%, 20%, 50% or more? Honestly, for our brands, it's probably closer to 60%. And we all know that those aren't actual real attribution channels, and yet they get all of this credit. At some point in the past, your customer saw an ad or they tried your product on with a friend, or maybe they read about it online. The problem, your analytics platform operates in a vacuum and it can't track some of those high value behaviors that are actually leading to purchases. Enter No Commerce, the platform that hundreds of top tier brands like Pura Vida, Olipop, and Kizik rely on to better understand how their customers are finding them. No Commerce allows you to deploy surveys to your confirmation screen in minutes, helping you answer critical questions like, but not limited to, how did you first hear about us? What brought you to our site today? And how long did you know about us before making your first purchase. I love that one. That is an absolute gold mine of information, that question right there. Combined, these questions give you a further picture of attribution that includes all of those hard to track channels like word of mouth, 
while cutting through all that direct traffic noise. With average response rates above 50%, and I gotta say for ours, it's more like 75%, and pre-built templates that can be deployed in literally minutes, you'll be collecting this incredible insight in absolutely no time. Like I've said, with our brands, this has been a game changer. This has helped me make decisions on a massive scale that I normally wouldn't be able to make with just click based attribution tracking. It's incredible. Are you ready to boost your attribution? If so, go get the free plan over at nocommerce.com. That's K-N-O commerce.com. And please tell them that Jordan sent you. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode today. Today I have Michael Irasso from Gather. Uh, really looking forward to this conversation. Michael and I have actually become, I think we're like right in between acquaintances and friends. Uh, by the end of this episode, I think we'll be full-fledged friends after spending, you know, half an hour together here. And so I'm just really looking forward to having a conversation with a brand that I've known for a long time. I've seen you know them uh, continue to expand and expand in a similar uh, sort of product space as uh, one of our businesses that we're in. And it's really cool to be able to have Michael on the podcast. So without further ado, Michael, welcome to Secrets of Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you to have, for having me, man. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Uh, so for people who don't know anything about you uh, or Gather, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you guys do? Absolutely. Um, so I'm president at Gather. Gather, we're primarily a direct-to-consumer e-commerce company. We make uh, modern leather goods. mission at Gather really is to create products that help others make space for the worthwhile. So our original product was our Gather mat, and it's created literally to make space so that people could gather on it, whether it's a park or in your home, you know, make memories on it. And over the years, we've since expanded upon the mats and now provide products for home goods, home decor, but always centered around making space, um, just making memories, etc. Hence the name Gather. Yeah, I love it. It's so nice to have that mission and those values, right? So that when you're deciding on different products to bring in, you can really go back to that uh, North Star, right? And be like, okay, is this something that we would at Gather carry, right? Because like you can carry whatever products you want, right? They'd like the sky's the limit out there. But really knowing how to serve your customer and then live in your values, I think is just incredibly important. Let's talk about when you guys first started. Where did the need come from? Was there something that, that you guys saw that was like, ah, we need to make this product. Absolutely. Yeah. So our, our one of our founders, her name is Mary Lee and her husband, Devin. So, you know, flashback seven and a half years ago, they were living in a small apartment uh, with no air conditioning. And what they would like to do, because it was so small and so hot after they would cook dinner, they would all go outside and try to eat on the front lawn. Uh, so they put together, uh, just put a, a blanket and they'd all, with kids at four and two years old, would eat on top of it. Every night, inevitably someone would spill something some drink some food and you know after two or three nights of this merrily was like okay i'm tired of cleaning the blanket uh there has to be some way of a wipeable blanket out there she couldn't find it and just happened to be that devin in his prior life was working for a business that did work in china and on his way out of china he went through some of the fabric districts there and actually a leather district and found some samples of PU leather, bonded leather that he took home and they they loved it. They said, this is the perfect material. It's wipeable and it's actually really nice. has good colors. We could do something with this. So that's how it started. And they started with a Kickstarter. So they put together a campaign there and it was kind of the first beginnings of building a community there. It was starting at Kickstarter and a community funded 
they raised, I think, about $87,000 in 2015. So blew past their original goal. I think that was like 10000 or so. But that's how it started uh, around that need. Wow. Just, and amazing for a startup, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And again, blew them away. They had no idea, you know, that this would be turned into what it is today, obviously. But even the Kickstarter blew them away. Wow. You know, before we went on air here, we were talking about cash flow a little bit, right? And being in uh, physical product companies, like most of you who are listening to this, unless you're agency owners listening, which welcome also you agency owners. But, you know, we were talking about the amount of cash that you need to have to be successful, right? Like, you know, if one of our businesses is going to do, you know, $10 million next year, the amount of cash required is substantial, right? To make that $10 million and then eventually hopefully be, you know, between 20 and 25% profitable, right? But like, there's a lot of cash that that is involved. And so we actually on a previous interview that I I just had, and is probably going to air before this one, we were talking about what a beautiful thing Kickstarter is for these cash cycles, right? Especially when you first start a business, like you guys probably didn't have a hundred grand just to throw at this thing. Not at all. No, it was, I don't know if it could have started without it. Some of our founders that when they started it, they basically put their entire life savings to buy just even the initial samples to buy. Uh, it was just lay it all out there because they believed in it. And Kickstarter gave it legs to actually go and they used the funds from Kickstarter to buy a little bit more inventory than they needed to fill those orders just to have inventory for you know the first few months of sales. But it's it's crazy. It's only getting crazier. I don't. I'm looking for like when it gets better with supply chain and delays and the cash cycles lengthening. It's a it's an interesting time for sure. I'm obviously optimistic and hopeful things will get better. But in general, I think what it requires, it just requires us to be that much more in tune with everything we spend and our finances, our budgeting, you know, having KPIs and metrics that are showing that this this dollar spent is is well spent in terms of, you know, ads or whatever, just really, really in tune where, you know, two or three years ago, wasn't as important. You could kind of get away with kind of, you know, making it up as you go because there were, there were, I guess, returns were so strong. So it just makes you that much be better on your game. Totally. I think one of the things that we're talking about right now too is I think we're going to see a lot of those smaller brands that were accidental brands, right? Start to drop off. And I don't, I'm not into that. I don't like that. I never like seeing people fail. Absolutely not. But I think unless you really know the keys of scaling up, right? And getting to that point where you can hire an incredible team and also knowing your numbers, right? Like Michael and I were just talking about, it's so incredibly important to have somebody on your side who knows your numbers, right? Especially when you have to make these massive investments. Like guys, between my businesses, I have millions of dollars of inventory, right? And imagine that's all money. That's all, that all could all be cash, right? Yeah. But instead we have it in inventory because we know that it's going to turn into, you know, better returns eventually, right? But you do have to have a lot of cash. And so if you don't know what you're doing, I highly suggest that you go to. He's actually one of my business partners as well as Matt Putra at 8x.co. He's just an amazing guy when it comes to creating these forecasts. I, th- I should ha- actually have Matt on the podcast at some point to really talk through what a forecast does for you and how it allows you to sleep at night, right? When you're, you know, three or $400,000 into your line of credit and you're like, wait, but it says I made 200 grand last month. Where's all the cash, right? That's when you start to get to this point where you just trust your numbers, trust your forecasting and know that you're on the right path, right? But unless you know, you know, your numbers, you're going to be anxious. I I know I would be. (laughs) Yeah. And the hard part too, is when you have all this inventory, unfortunately, at least in the US, I don't know about Canada, but you get taxed on it. So you're getting taxed on inventory you bought, but haven't necessarily sold through. It's acting as if it's revenue. It's, it's insane. It's hard, but I totally feel you with that. Yes. Same tax rules here, Michael. (laughs) Yeah. It's intense. (laughs) 
I've got a, another question for you. You know, we're just about done 2021. It was a weird year comparatively. I mean, 2020 was a weird year, but for e-com, it was an amazing year, right? It was where we just saw incredible returns. And then 2021 came around and we all know what 2021 has been like. What is working for you guys right now uh, on the marketing side? Great question. And just to come before I get into that, this year was so interesting because Last year was so interesting. Last year was like nothing else we've ever seen. For Gather, it was like an insanely high growth year, but it's hard to walk into 2021 because you're not even sure what to expect. Is it going to be like 2019 like or years before or whatever? But one thing that's helped us is kind of our foundation in the beginning that's helped us kind of ride some of the uncertainty with this year is investing in just our community, our customers, building loyalty groups, being able to tap on them when we have uh, needs to for new product ideas, et cetera. It's just like, like when we talk about Kickstarter in the beginning, that's something that's been ingrained in Gather's DNA is building a community. Um, mm. So even like after we launched Kickstarter, we had an amazing Kickstarter, but like what people don't always realize is like, there's no, what's your plan to actually grow after that, you know? And so like, even if you have a great launch, that like, doesn't mean you have a company yet. So one thing that the, our founders did is they uh, held an event in New York City. So we had a bunch of events. We actually didn't do ads for the first two years of Gather's history. We just did a lot of investing community into content, into social organic, wow. social media, and especially Instagram. So we had these community events in New York City where we'd launch products, we'd get our Kickstarter customers together, invite some influencers and just kind of have a good time. Again, with the idea of gathering, making memories. Um, later, we did cool. something similar in Utah where we have events and so forth. But in terms of 2021, I'd say a few things. And this is probably just super basic, but just knowing your customer. For us, we're a very social heavy brand. So we invest a lot of ad dollars, a lot of resources into those social platforms. From a content perspective, organic mm. still works. We provide... I don't know. We have, I don't know, pretty large social following. And so we invest in updating content, sharing that, having giveaways, et cetera. That's just like basics. But on top of that, we also spread our ads there as well in terms of channels. This year, it's also helped us to diversify and have more marketing channels we sell through, focusing on things like as simple as like Google. Like I didn't realize how powerful of a tool that is and how many different avenues that is from search to shopping to even display or discovery to YouTube, you know, list keeps growing. And that was kind of some, a lot of new channels for us there that were doing really well. Something else that's done well for us is uh, connected TV. So Oh, awesome. We use a, yeah, we, we love that because build, you know, we are so content heavy and, you know, we have really strong video content as well. So that was just easy and natural for us to go to connected TV. It's an interesting idea for those that maybe haven't tried it because it kind of bypasses some of the iOS 14 changes because it's based on IP address. It's based on stream of service, et cetera, and not necessarily, you know, constrained by some of the things that you'd find on people on their mobile phones, et cetera, because it's playing through someone's TV, the ad, but that's been really Really well, strong row as there, like in the four to four to eight times range. Wow, four to eight. I, I don't, I don't want to get off the connected TV idea because I want to know how in the world are you measuring the return on ad spend on connected well, TV? Yeah, we use a platform that uh, it's called Mountain and has a UI, obviously tracks that, but it's basically the way they track is before the conversion, it's the last click. So if someone sees, you know, a 
commercial on you know Hulu or wherever they're watching TV anywhere. It's any of these premium channels. Then afterwards, anyone in that in the home in that is basically connected to the internet in that Wi-Fi router. Everyone in there will be served ads, whether it's on their yeah. on their mobile device or their tablet or on their computer. These mountain ads that we create, and so if they click on the ad, then purchase. It's the last click. That's how they give attribution. If they you know see our commercial, then they see a Facebook ad. It'll count it to Facebook's attribution in terms of of conversion. So does Mountain connect to your other ad platforms, or is it a display platform alongside of the connected TV video? It is alongside, and we also just we also on the our track it ourselves with Google Analytics just to compare because they, they sort of inflate some of their numbers, but Google is still cool. showing strong conversion rates on Google, like actual site traffic and conversion. It's not a primary. I've got the title for this podcast, four to eight X return on connected TV. Like that's phenomenal. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put mountain in here right now. I haven't actually found a great platform yet for connected TV. It's something that at our agency, we get asked all the time. Hey, can you help us out with connected TV? It's just something we're not experts in yet, but you have yeah. inspired me. <laughs> to check out connected TV. What do you recommend for the type of asset that you're going to upload for connected TV? Are these like long sort of commercials? They what, are, what are they like? Exactly? Yeah, they're 30 or 60 seconds. Uh, what, another reason I like connected TV is there's no way to skip that. So if you're watching a show and it, yes. you're going to see the whole gather commercial, but yeah, they, they have just like different resolution sizes and they, they give you that, those recommendations on how they do it. It actually worked really well for us. It wasn't cool. too difficult at all. The UI is super easy and their teams are strong so definitely think it's a good good thing for people to try for us it's not necessarily our primary strategy it's one of the channels we diversify with it does well we're mainly focusing on you know retargeting it with it but they all also have prospecting and other things that you could track but i've talked to other brands that are doing phenomenally well with it so that we were intrigued uh, and so far we've done it for about almost five or six months and have had really consistent performance over the entire time and then like obviously black friday was like bananas but that's just like an anomaly of a month on a normal month, it, it performs strong. Amazing, Michael. Amazing. Michael, looking back on your years so far with Gather, what's one big mistake that you guys made that you wish you could go back on? Oh, man, that's such a good question. Well, yeah, I, I have an easy answer there. So about six months ago, kind of probably close to the iOS 14 changes, but it was so early on that we weren't really sure the impact there. We just kind of as a team thought to ourselves, we've been focusing so heavy on Instagram and Facebook and all these other platforms like that. Like, what if these platforms died tomorrow? And what would happen to Gather, you know? And it, it just, for whatever reason, shook me the wrong way. I'm like, we're so reliant on these platforms. We need to get more diversified. And so that kind of led to us to looking at other platforms, which I think is all healthy and good. I think the mistake we made is while we were testing and trying other things is like also reducing just our normal day-to-day -day of strategy with Facebook and Instagram. We went too, we course corrected too mm -hmm. hard and kind of like lost the foundation for a period of what got us here of some of those things that we were like we were investing in stories or wherever we're placing ads we sort of kind of dialed that down while we tried other things and we kind of changed too many variables at once which all in all like ended up having still strong revenue months but I feel like once we course corrected and we got back to what got us here Plus all the new things we're doing now, now it's additive, now it's great, you know? But there were a few months where I feel like we, we kind yeah. of course corrected too hard and forgot about what got us here with some of our core strategies that worked for six years. Mm. 
Oh, that's great. Really, really good feedback. And I'm sure that there were a lot of people out there that are listening to this that, you know, freaked out a little bit, right? When iOS 14.5 yeah, came we're out. Like, we're done with this. And yeah. for good reason. There's some really interesting big stats that we're looking at, especially because we have access to so many accounts at Mindful Marketing, uh, as well as the businesses that we own, right? Being able to actually see what people, what this has actually done to CPAs, it's not crazy, right? Yeah. Like we're seeing CPAs completely across the board up about 30%, whether it's on platform or not on platform, right? And I think that's really important to know that like this did actually make a huge change and it is costing more to acquire customers. So what do you do with that, right? And there's tons of different strategies of what to do with that. And we're not going to get into that right now, but but it did make a big difference, right? And so finding other channels is great, but also relying on your tried and true channels. I think that what, what Michael said, I, I hope is going to help you guys realize like you don't need to, just because there's something going on here doesn't mean you need to completely abandon. Yes, it. don't do that. That's what we did that for a period in, and course corrected, hopefully. But yeah, that would be my lesson learned for 2021. Thanks, Michael. I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Oh man, good question. I think just similar probably what everyone else says. I think for us, we have a really good strong culture of testing. So always looking for 1% improvements. These things sometimes can be you know overlooked, but they all add up over time, compounding effect. I believe in that. So we're always testing. So we have an ad budget, but we have set aside sort of a testing budget as well to just try new platforms, try new strategies, new, new technologies, you know, whatever, even wholesale or whatever. Just it doesn't even have to be direct to consumers, just other avenues of revenue in a small controlled way. Yeah. It's just regularly part of the day to day. Every day we're trying something new. We're trying new pricing. We're doing other things that hopefully over time will make a big impact together. But initially, it can be scary sometimes to, to try something new. But test, test, test. Love it. Love it. Michael, I got three questions left for you. I hope that you are ready. Yep. All right. First question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Okay, this is a boring one. So sorry. I love Google Analytics. Their app is fun. I look at that every night and look, I'm always just curious, where are traffic's coming from? That is like my biggest question. Like, where is it coming yeah. from? And that's one way to do it. Another app uh, that's really helpful. In fact, you interviewed this person. It's like a post-checkout survey. Uh, it's like easy survey. Oh yeah. Was it no commerce or inquire? Inquire. Yeah. That's been fun. I'm playing because <laughs> I've interviewed both of their founders. Really? It's the inquire <laughs> one. Uh, and I'm sure the other yeah. one's great too, but just to know like post checkout, how did you hear about us is fascinating. And just to know like attribu- attribution wise, what's bringing the sales. It's, and that's another angle that's been really fun that I've been playing with the last couple of days. Even just asking, like, I have a question, put a survey over the weekend and I have data by Monday is incredible. It's incredible. And I love self-reported data, right? What I don't love is just click data because that doesn't really tell you much of a story, right? You're like, okay, so they clicked on this. Like even like attribution that's purely click-based is kind of funny because how many times do you see an ad on Facebook or YouTube or connected TV? And then you're like, yeah, that's right. I wanted to check that company out. And then you go onto, you know, your wife goes onto her device and it's not connected through the IP address or something. Of course, you're never, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get the attribution for that. So that's why I love post-purchase surveys so much. So powerful. That's great, Michael. That makes me happy to hear you're doing that. Uh, Another question for you, favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to? Yeah. So this is one of my all-time favorite books. I listen to it every year, sometimes twice. And uh, it's called How Are You Measure Your Life by Clayton Christensen. I don't know if you've read that before. Clayton Christensen, okay. he's a... Uh, I've never read it. I'm adding it to my list. Oh, yeah. He's a... Uh, 
the author original from Innovator's Dilemma. So like innovation theories is one of his big things, Harvard professor, but it's a, it's a great book just because if you're looking at business books and getting ahead, his book is about winning life. And it's not about some uh, financial rewards. It's about, you know, being there for your family and making good choices. And, and he answers a lot of questions like, what do I do with my life? You know, and I, I found that that's always a question that's always evolving. And just the way he, he, he brings perspective there using some like business theory is really, really interesting. Highly recommend. Okay. If it's one you listen to multiple times a year, I'm going to listen to it, Michael. I trust you that much. Last question for you. Uh, you get an hour. Okay. It's going to be somebody who's alive. You get to have whatever you want with them. You could have a giant, like, I'm really into like Korean fried chicken these days. Yeah. It's like just loving that. So you can sit down with them, have a big meal, whatever it is, you get an hour. Uh, who is it? Good question. So I'm fascinated by high performing athletes. So I would say LeBron James, but you could easily substitute Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, you know, maybe Kobe Bryant, because he's like my childhood hero. And why I'm interested in that is if you just take LeBron, he's somebody who at an early age was under public scrutiny under like the limelight drafted at 18, basically had all this, the pressure of the world to perform as a really young kid, you know, where most of us are just screwing around and then be able to be the top of his profession for so long. And yeah, maybe he's not MVP status today, but to still be some, one of the best players, almost a 20 year career is impressive. Like to me, I'm so impressed by sustained high performance. Like not just like you had a good or two, yeah. three years, but how did you do it for 20? You know, and that is so yeah. interesting. Yeah. The mental strength, the competitive spirit, just to sustain, to keep going when you really don't have anything else to play for is is amazing. Yeah, awesome answer. I love that. Michael, so nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks for uh, all the wisdom that you brought today. Uh, I feel like we could have just kept talking and talking. This was absolutely wonderful. Where can people connect with you and connect with Gather? Yeah, so Gather, go on Instagram, just search Gather, at Gather, connect with me. Uh, on LinkedIn, you can just search Michael Arasso. Happy to connect, chat with anyone, phone calls or whatever. I love connecting with new people. Hence, I, I actually reached out to Jordan because I saw a LinkedIn post and I, I thought, I should, why not just reach out? And we got on the phone. So I'm the same way. If you, people want to chat, I'm here. Love it. Love network. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. And I'm so glad that we got connected. So thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Jordan. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.